0: He's kind of a dick, but I think it'd be good to have him on the show. So he's right up our alley. Yeah, exactly. You're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with hosts Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller. Hello, and welcome to episode 322 of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. I'm Stephen Seagraves, joined by the usual cast of characters, Seth Miller, Fosma Moon, gentlemen. Good evening. It Hello. Is, it's is it still snowing where you guys are at?
1: No, it's been like 40, half the snow's gone already. Oh, oh see, we had more snow last night which made grilling super interesting. I <laughs> shuffled and cleared off the grill like while well, it was still daylight because it gets dark here so early and then went out to put the steaks on and had another inch and a half on top of the grill again.
0: <laughs> so, I was in I Lowe's. Last,
2: I was in Lowe's last week and walking through the
0: aisles, they had flamethrowers. Like real flamethrowers or like real those cheap crappy ones?
2: Probably closer. They're not napalm ones, but they attach to the propane, and they're designed
1: to melt ice and snow. I'm like, ooh, I'm buying <laughs> this. <laughs> <laughs> you, say, you usually see them for uh, tarring a roof also.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'll take it. I could have fun melting snow and ice and, you know
1: burn propane why not exactly <laughs> he's not flying enough to burn all that kerosene so he's got to do something else
0: <laughs> oh man uh it's just been raining like non it was raining sideways today so that was that was fun exciting yeah um, no follow-up this week because you guys did such an awesome job with jet tip that people just you know, suck that information up and it was truth. Uh-
1: <laughs> in theory, we should be able to announce the winners, but we're giving people till the end of the week. So, oh, gotcha. there's a the, the little bit of, I guess, technically, if you've listened to this as soon as it comes out on Thursday, you probably have an hour left to register to win a Jet Tip subscription because oh. of the timing. It doesn't close till noon Eastern on Thursday and this usually comes out right around 10. So,
0: there you, there you go, folks. Um,
2: Those of you in Hawaii have to wake up early.
1: Or, you know, do it the day before.
0: Um, new routes. It's, like you said before the show, Seth, it's kind of been a crazy week, route-wise.
1: Well, JetBlue has, for probably the third time in the last six months, decided to play this spaghetti game and throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see what sticks. Um, It's not quite the dartboard, because it's not nearly as... You know, it's not one or two darts. I guess it's a dartboard if you had, like, a crate of darts and you just threw them all at the wall. I don't know. <laughs> but they announced, like, another couple of dozen or so- 15 new routes, four new cities, uh, including Miami. And Miami is going to have service to Los Angeles, Boston, Newark, and LaGuardia, uh, and JFK. And the Los Angeles service is going to be twice a day mint uh and then the others are four times a day each so like a lot of service this is not a like oh let's see what happens if we maybe put a couple flights in this is you know 14 day up to 14 daily flights for miami so that's huge um some seasonal key west stuff which is interesting Mm. um finally launching guatemala which was supposed to launch this year um and was delayed a little bit um la is getting some interesting new routes in addition to miami jacksonville florida lax jacks jacks lax um fun with airport codes there uh yeah that one is apparently there's a decent number of PDUs passenger daily each way um like historically there has been uh i don't know how much any of that data really matters or is valid right now but there's just there's all sorts of stuff out there and then raleigh raleigh durham is getting like tampa orlando jacksonville something else to San, not san juan um uh, There's another – maybe it was Cancun. I'd have to go back and look again. Um, But they're getting like four new routes on top of they've already got like – maybe they already have San Juan and then a bunch of others. Um, So Raleigh – I was joking with some – with actually a JetBlue employee the other day of like asking him if he's going to transfer to the new uh, Raleigh crew base given the number of flights and routes they're operating. Um, Not really there yet, but it seems like it's well on its way. So yeah, attacking American, attacking Delta and – at least Americans decided to fight back a little.
0: But is, is – so before we move on to the American side of things, is JetBlue simply attacking or is there significant demand that, or de, or potential demand that they see
1: out of here? It is a natural expansion into markets that are underserved where we feel we can ex- extract a reasonable yield, blah, 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 right? I mean if you ask them, they're going to say they just see good demand there and an opportunity to use their planes and you know bring the, the JetBlue style of travel to – Untapped markets or underserved markets. Now, how LA Miami is an uns- underserved market, how, mm-hmm. you know, Miami to New York City and Boston is an underserved market is Boston a little bit, I guess, but, uh, you know, between LaGuardia and JFK and Newark, service to Miami is, shall we say, extensive?
0: <laughs> Maybe they mean underserved by from a competitive standpoint. Just one competitor from, or, you know, American or exactly uh, United from Newark.
1: Yeah, I think Delta has JFK flights also. I have to check. them. actually log in now to look. But. I do believe
2: they have JFK Miami. Actually, I think they have LaGuardia Miami as well. They just don't have Newark, though.
1: Right. So, I mean, it's, you know, is there competition? Yes. Is it just amongst the big three? Yes. Um, but historically, all the competition went to Fort Lauderdale. Because, it, I mean, it- I, mostly because it was cheaper to operate at.
0: Yeah, and so, I mean, this is this has to do somewhat with the the foreseen changes to air travel where leisure travel is going to become king uh, for the next, you know, however long. Um, and so, they're planning for that? Is that also part of it, I guess?
1: Yeah, I mean, that has to be part of it, right? There's – because – and is the leisure travel really want to go to Miami instead of Fort Lauderdale? A certain mm-hmm. amount of it probably does. I mean, right? Miami Beach – Whatever people do like still going down there. I don't know why, but some people do.
0: (laughs) Um, And so on the attack or on the retaliatory side, uh, American is changing things up.
1: American added Fort Lauderdale to Boston and JFK and Los Angeles. So like that's the sort of tit for tat bit there. Um, and then a bunch of other random stuff. They also canceled. They shut the station in Keflavik, Prague and Manchester, UK, which were all Philadelphia routes for the most part at this point. Although uh, Keflavik was a Dallas route when it started because that's where WoW brought one of its first A330s. Mm-hmm. Um but then, uh, yeah, they're also adding, like, some other routes, like sending wide bodies into the Caribbean and Charlotte Honolulu. And it's, again, throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks, but it's a super crazy collection of...
0: What are they going to run Charlotte Honolulu on? 330, I think. They still, I thought they got rid of all the 330s. Her, yeah, oh, no, excuse
2: me, it's a 772. Oh, okay. is it? Yeah, it's a 772. I was just thinking, I'm like, no,
1: no, it wasn't a 330, it was a...
2: I know it wasn't a 7, it's a 777-200.
1: Yeah. So that's wow. way too much plane. but there you go. I mean, again, what else are you going to do with them? And especially now that they, all the airlines are going to hire back all their employees to get, so they can get their money, their salaries paid by the government.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, that's totally let them go again. Right. March 1st. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess if we can talk about that topic next. I mean, new routes, but on top of this, CARES, you know, Squared is coming out. Um... I guess it starts next week, ish, is what they're saying.
1: Well, I mean, we're recording this Monday night. They passed the bill, so um, if I think it's up to five days to they have to sort of the airlines have to request their money and this and that, and the government is supposed to get them the money. But Americans said if it passed early enough today, they'd probably be able to get everybody back in payroll and get the checks cut by Thursday.
2: So the thing that I don't understand is I was reading that they've passed the bill, but they haven't gotten a chance to see the whole bill. How does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Oh, and by the way, the bill includes like the entire FAA, ODA, uh, which the ODA is the – I forget what it stands for, that acronym. But it's the, the rules under which like Boeing is allowed to do its own inspections and certification work. Um, <laughs> wait, we've seen this movie before. No, so, <laughs> it ended no this, badly. this is, this is the <laughs> revamp of the ODA program that was originally being passed as a standalone bill or trying to be passed as a standalone bill. They just tucked the entire thing into this reauthorization of cares. Um, and there's a bunch of other stuff like that. There's a copyright bill. Um, they got just the entire thing wholesale chunked in and because they were sort of so desperate to pass this a lot of other things got included too. Ugh, man. But like how long,
2: much longer does it make sense to just keep bankrolling the airlines? Right? Uh, it didn't Mark- make
1: sense this time, so yeah.
2: At what point are we finally going to draw the line that this isn't the right thing, right? This is the long this isn't recovering, right? With the first cares act there was hope that it would recover by the end of the year. Now we're multiple years out.
1: I agree. I, I I get yelled at a lot on Twitter when I mention it, but I agree with you. I, I think this is a t- – I mean, I certainly don't think airlines should get money above and beyond other industries, but they've got an incredibly strong labor union and an incredibly strong negotiating position, and they will. They win.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that is the odd part of this, right, that, that airlines have some kind of uh, special – accommodation when it comes to bailout money here you know um
1: frontier has a lot of miami service interesting and by a lot i mean like random days of the week a couple of flights but I, but I, I,
0: you know that's fine i i just wonder like i'm kind of with i'm kind of with you guys i just at the same time i want to know how it works fundamentally with the airlines right they furloughed people right essentially correct and now they're hiring them back but don't those those people aren't going to actually work
1: right Correct. Most of them are not expected to, um, and United, let me see if I can pull up that email we're talking about United. Uh, there's a letter out from Kirby and, uh, Bret Hart. Yeah. Um, basically saying we expect this to be temporary. We don't, um, let me read it. Uh, exactly. Um, Da, da, da. Importantly, though, we don't expect customer demand to change much between now and the end of the first quarter of 2021. United has been realistic about our outlook throughout the crisis, and we've tried to give you an honest assessment every step of the way. The truth is, we just don't see anything in the data that shows a huge difference in bookings over the next few months. That is why we expect this recall will be temporary. Uh, so, and then they, you know, that you know, the the good news continues on the vaccinations and yada yada. That they think maybe you know later so they would be uh, a different version of a recall that won't be temporary, but it certainly won't be whole, everyone all at once. Yeah, um, if it's not temporary, so it's I get it, but uh, yeah, I I think that the airlines have you know they were first they were first at the well so to speak, or at the trough so to speak, um, getting. That uh, with the original CARES Act, and I don't know, I feel like putting them at the front of the line this time around was an unfortunate choice. Short-sighted. Yeah, uh-uh. I I just don't think it's the smart – I don't think it's a smart investment of the funds. When you start looking at where the money could be used and what other industries could benefit from it and probably have a broader impact based on the number of people that you know that you could cover for that amount of money, like why do the airlines get longer – coverage than all the other industries, right? Mm-hmm. The first time around, the airlines got six months where uh, PPP program was only two months worth of payroll. Why? Why? And this time around, the airlines get it through March 31st, where I don't know what the new PPP program is, but I doubt it's the same four-month stint, right? There's, there's just so many things like that. It's not just that the airlines are getting called out special. It's that they're getting called out and getting more
0: mm-hmm.
1: across the board. And, you know, you'll hear... People say, oh, we need them to deliver vaccines. Well, mostly that's going to cargo carriers. Um mm-hmm. And also, they're not going to start flying more flights as a result of this. They're not going out of businesses if this didn't happen. The difference is that those 30-ish thousand people and maybe 5,000, 6,000 more at Southwest, so maybe it edges up to 40,000 more, were furloughed. And I don't cheer for people being out of work. It sucks. It's not something I'm happy about, but also like it's – the government is paying all of the salaries, not just for the ones that were going to be out of work. Yeah. It's a huge expense. And I th- I think the ROI is pretty poor, especially considering that, you know, even a year, you know, call it a year from March. So they all get hired back for four months and then furloughed again. And a year later, not many people expect demand to be up above, much above 70 or 80% of what it was in 2019. And they have enough staff to handle that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And even if they went, like, in order on – sorry, even if they went in order on the recall instead of just hiring fresh, cheaper bodies, like, yeah, I just don't get it. I I don't think it's, I don't think it's uh, fiscally prudent, but that's not oh, what no, the I... act is really about, I guess. Well, I mean, one of the things I read is even the cargo carriers are getting money out of this. I don't believe the cargo carriers are getting it this time. Okay. I briefly read part of it, and I did – I sort of saw it only mention passenger airlines, whereas the first time around, cargo carriers were included. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible that that shifted, but – yeah,
0: I mean, I like, and you're to your point, Seth, about airlines. You know, they're not going to go out of business. I, it, there are some that could go out of business. Would it be because of not receiving this round of cares? Probably not. Like, they would probably still be going out of business regardless,
1: right? Like, and, and at this point, I really don't think the U.S. carriers are going out of any of the U.S. carriers are going out of business between now and March. Yeah, true. I, mean, I guess we could say maybe some of the smallest. Who the hell knows? But. I mean, it's it unlikely. like random weird carrier in Alaska. I haven't heard of.
0: Yeah. Uh. Well, you know, fun times. <laughs> what about uh, the UK's new uh, COVID mutation? This is uh, kind of a big story. Um, a bunch of countries have cut off access, right? To the UK. Yeah. A lot
1: of countries. <sighs> out like uh-huh. of Europe,
0: yeah. I think uh, any, the Netherlands was the, was first, right? Like they kind of just right out of the gate said uh, we're stopping flights. Yeah. Um. So, any thoughts on this?
1: Canada cut them off, and the U.S. hasn't. Well, no surprise there, really. Yeah. <laughs> no. Although Cuomo's trying to force at least testing of all inbound passengers, he got British Airways to agree and Delta to agree. I think they're still working on. Uh, Like, American isn't running any of its own flights right now from JFK, and I don't know what version's up to. Um, Mm. But also, like, does it matter if the people who, like, get tested and fail just go via Newark? Yeah. Or connect onward somewhere else? And, and, and. I'm happy that there's some better testing in place. I'm still very frustrated that the overall approach to this has been a shit show. Yep. But my freedoms. Um. Um, But it's also, though, I mean, beyond just, you know, the U.S. and Europe, but, like, Saudi Arabia and Kuwait, I think, have cut off all international traffic because apparently the new strain has been found in uh, Denmark and South Africa as well um, and some other places. So, like, there's some countries that are getting even more aggressive and cutting things off. So um, I know, by the way, it all is going to come to a head in – what six days from when this comes out seven days from when this comes out uh with when brexit takes effect and all the borders are closed yeah
0: which we haven't talked about in a long time there's nothing was happening yeah but i mean isn't it's still a mess right from a bunch of different perspectives
1: and yeah they're they're right on their way for a no-deal brexit it's going to be hard hard break
0: and Um, in in this right uh ryanair is uh a, a little bit in a little bit of hot water i think
1: yeah, well, there's, so there's two different types of challenges. One is this relatively recent Ryanair fiasco, which is Ryanair has a UK um, AOC, Airline Operating Certificate. They, they founded Ryanair UK. Um, it's just like Aer Lingus founded an Aer Lingus UK branch to run its Manchester routes next summer. Um, but... Aer Lingus actually is transferring the planes onto that registry and going to have UK, you know, G- whatever planes. Ryanair is not. Ryanair put a single plane on the registry and then just decided to, quote unquote, wet lease all of its, you know, basically borrow its own planes for its operation. So the main Ryanair parent would run the Ryanair UK operations. And like 10 days before a bunch of these flights were set to start, the UK was like, um, yeah, where are your UK planes? You need those to fly domestic routes and stuff. And Ryanair's like, no, no, we're just going to use our wet lease planes. It's cool, right? We, we do it all the time. And they're like, uh, no, we don't think that's a good plan. Uh, as the Civil Aviation Authority and, you know, supporting the UK first agenda, we would like you to actually have UK planes. Sorry. And it's now too late to get all the planes they need transferred over and the crew and everything else that comes with it. So <laughs> Ryanair canceled a dozen routes, including a bunch of domestics and then some like UK to Morocco and other things. <laughs> um, wow. Yes, yeah, so it's messy
0: yeah no kidding
1: um and that, so that was only one half get of messier it. right yeah, yeah and that's one get... half of it. The other half is uh investor related uh like many countries the u k has a local ownership rule, which is that know, and Europe has the local ownership rule of more you know fifty percent stake, which is better than the u s which only allows twenty five percent foreign ownership um and a few other countries similarly. But basically, uh, IAG, which is the parent company of Iberia, Aer Lingus, British Airways, Welling, and soon to be, uh, Air Europa, I guess. And then Wizz Air and EasyJet all have significant UK investors, but, uh, also, like our EU registered airlines and there's some, like, the EasyJet one's confusing to me. I thought EasyJet may have been a UK airline, but maybe it's got too many EU investors back and forth. Whatever it's like, Wizz Air is a Hungarian airline, but has a ton of UK investment money in it. Like there's some real big challenges on foreign ownership rules and no one's quite sure how that's going to work out. And IAG had made some weird, at one point they tried to like say that a random like out of business supermarket chain shell company. Was the actual owner and the company pulling the strings, and it was fully based in Spain. So they were 100% Spanish controlled, even though, like, even, yeah, I think we talked about that back when they were trying that uh, angle. But there there's a lot going on there that no one's entirely. And, like, on the one hand, shutting down an airline suddenly January 1st because of this seems stupid. On the other hand, so does Brexit. <laughs>
0: Well, and it's of all the times for this to happen. It's,
1: I mean, this in the is, middle of COVID.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess it's the good news is it's a good time to sort it out, right? It's kind of like when these airline projects or airport projects are taking place during all this. It's like, oh, you know, this isn't so bad.
1: Um <laughs> if no one's here anyway, it's like the number <laughs> yeah. of passengers affected is far lower. Yeah, Yay. exactly.
0: Yay. <laughs> yeah. Gotta look on the bright side. It's half, cups half yeah. empty, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> Um I mean that's that's kind of wild. I I kind of remember that story. It was like Tesco, but you know whatever the Spanish version of Tesco is. Yeah, uh,
1: I thought it, I even thought though it was like literally an a uh, a grocery store chain that had no grocery stores.
0: Yeah, it was like it's like defunct, right? It was yeah. like it was a name only or something. Someone kept them around for
1: the shell. Yeah.
2: So you mentioned something that I forgot to even bring up it was the Aire Europa transaction. Yes. Five-year – like cut the price in half and a five-year deferment on payment? Yeah. How does that make sense? For who?
1: Anyone. Well, I mean, it makes sense for IAG, but (laughs) (laughs) – Yeah, right? Like how does it make sense? Well, gosh, we don't have to spend any money for five years, so I think that's a great deal. Um, Yeah, that one's super bizarre. They finalized that deal. and You could argue it's a little like Air Canada um, finishing its deal with Transat. Um, when they went from 13 million Canadian down to five by the time, you know, the, a year later when the deal finally closed.
2: But I don't think the, the price, the price shifting is the difference. Is that five year deferment.
1: Five year deferment. Why would it's you a, agree to that? Because you know, you've got nothing else. I guess. I mean, literally like what else is Air Europa going to get out of this?
2: But the reality is, what are the chances that Air Europa is going to exist anyways?
1: All right. So if since they're, they have nothing else.
2: I, I mean after the IAG acquisition, right? If the market doesn't shift, right, IAG will just write it off and wind it down and no one will have gotten their money.
0: I don't know that they can, right? I, I think that they have to keep it around. There's probably some – because it's Spanish, right? Air Europa is Spanish. It is Spanish. I have some feeling there's some clause somewhere that says that that they have to be kept around for so long <laughs> because of Spanish but, law.
2: Like, but what happens if like the you know the airline shrinks forty five, forty fifty, seventy percent between now and fifty nine months from now?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What happens at month sixty? What I, I don't know how Tell that us.
1: feels structured, unfortunately. So I do remember seeing the five year uh, deferred payout thing, but. Um, you know, maybe it's like the Bobby Bonilla Day. Bobby Bonilla Day. They just pay a million bucks every July first, no matter what.
2: I gladly pay you on Tuesday for a hamburger today.
0: <laughs> um. So, Max pilots are being coached um, by Boeing.
1: you know, if if you want to get it done right, you got to make sure people know what they're doing.
0: Go go straight to the source. Is that what you're saying?
1: Apparently, during some of the test certification flights, uh, there's a Senate, uh, transportation committee report out, um, this week that, or last week that basically said that during the, uh, some of the certification flights, Boeing was, prior to the, uh, pilots getting in the planes to go, you know, prove to the FAA that everything worked swell, was providing very specific reminders of like, hey, remember, You know, hit the pickle switch fast. You got to get there kind of thing, which apparently is the big challenge with sort of the human factors, uh, bits around the recertification and the, you know, managing a circumstance where, uh, MCAS kicked in erroneously is it is a complex sort of sequence of things to do and make sure that you cut out, uh, the cutoff switch and this and that. And they were sort of going into the training. Reminding people how to do it, which is sketchy. Yeah. Doesn't make me feel super great about anything.
0: Like, wouldn't we want the pilots to almost fail sometimes at this in the the simulators? Or, you know, not in the check ride, obviously. But, like, if they can't get it and the Boeing pilot helps them get out of it, should they really be certified? I, I guess that's the real question.
1: Well, right. That's it's exactly the question. The <laughs> yeah. answer is if it takes you know, special reminders and this and that, then no, it's not a good solution. Mm-hmm. But how do you, you know, if you're Boeing, it's a great solution because it gets the planes back in the sky. And they sold mm-hmm. 80 to Ryanair and and, and, and.
0: Yeah. Wow. Disappointing. I mean, you know, we had this discussion just a few weeks ago about the Max and just all the training that's going into it. Um, And now to to hear this is, uh, I don't know, kind of a gut punch a little bit.
2: Well, I mean, it also, you know, the Europeans also validated it, right? So did they do the same thing in Europe or was it just U.S.-centric?
1: Fair point. Um, I, I can't imagine it was the same uh, bit, although, I mean, it was – they did do – the EASA, the European group, did do all sort of tests and certification flights out of Vancouver. They did them over here-ish. Hmm. So – Interesting. I don't know which group, I don't know who the pilots were involved. I also, if I remember correctly, there were some differences in the, um, or some likely differences in what the recertification is going to be. Right. Europe has said it's going to come back, but I don't think, do we have the final list of changes for the yet? I I haven't seen any. I don't know. I think it's one of those never been closer moments.
0: Mm. -hmm. Any day now. Yeah. Um, Seth, uh, the airline that we, we love to talk about, but we still haven't actually, you know, seen really. Starlux. Yeah, uh, they're real. They fly. They're, they're real. Yeah, they're they flying. It fly was
1: like a hot second around Asia and then COVID hit.
0: Yeah. Uh, they are saying they want to fly to L.A. in 2022? Yep. All righty. Exciting. Uh, yeah. So we'll have them, Bamboo. Uh, who Bamboo's else? Those from
1: Vietnam, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a lot coming, uh, if any of them are still in business.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Pretty big if. It is. I mean, then I don't mean that, to, you know, it is a little flippant, but, um, no, they, listen, they had always planned to come to the United States. It was always a part of the process and, you know, or the expectations when they, when they started up the operation. And so, uh, they put into the Taiwanese authorities for approval. They've also now applied to the FAA for approval, um, three hundred and six seats on a A three fifty nine hundred, which is the same number as Delta has. Mm. So dep- and what we don't know is how those seats are going to be allocated on board. So other than someone at one point saying that there's going to be a, quote, first class product, but unclear if that means there's no business class. Um, we, we really don't know much about what the uh, aircraft is going to have on board and whether the yeah, three hundred six seats is going to be super cramped and coach or actually. Rather luxurious back there.
0: Yeah. I mean, the only the competitors right now are China Airlines and... Ava. Uh, Ava, yeah. Um, I wouldn't say Ava's coach product is amazing. It's not It's not terrible, but it's not. I wouldn't say it's the most comfortable. I haven't been on China Airlines, though, so. Well,
1: well you want to be r- only a Star Alliance boy. Show your sky team some love.
2: <laughs> I mean, at the rate China Airlines is rebranding, it'll just be Airlines soon. No China in front of it. <laughs>
0: It's that? They wanted to call it Taiwan Airlines, but that was crapped on. Um, uh, Mosaic Companion Pass, Seth.
1: I'm super excited for another benefit I'll never use.
0: <laughs> why, now, why won't you use it? First, tell us what it is, and then I want to know why you won't use
1: it. So it's, it's actually it's a nice inter- iteration on Companion Pass. JetBlue's changed a bunch of stuff for 2021. Uh Mosaic qualifying got cut in half. Um, and it's revenue based so now it's $2500 instead of 5000 um in fares or uh let's say 2000 plus uh $30000 spend on the credit card or the segments or something like that there's a, there's actually there's a ni- a neat combination credit card spend plus uh flying option which is not entirely unique but it's new to JetBlue mm-hmm. um so they're they're obviously trying they're trying you know stay relevant. this, But on the benefit side, they are making the free access to even more space seats at the gate or at the airport is now what was sort of an on again off again benefit. It's now going to be a formal benefit, officially part of the program. Um, I didn't know so that it
0: wasn't part of the program.
1: So it turns out that the the, the problem is they don't have upgrade systems they they don't have the IT systems to support it hmm. and so when the program first launched the uh The mosaic level included advanced upgrades and they tracked it in a Google – a shared Google Docs, a shared spreadsheet. (laughs) And the good news is they had so few mosaics, it was vaguely possible. But the bad news is it clearly doesn't scale and it's terrible for the call center agents and, 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 and. And so then they made it sort of unofficial, just ask at the gate and someone will upgrade you. Tell them your mosaic. And like I've actually had times where they've called me and paged me to the counter and been like, oh, Mr. Miller, we went ahead and upgraded you. Here's your new seat. Um. And I had to be like, either I was like, I was traveling with my wife on split reservations or, you know, there was a reason I picked a seat all the way in the back. And I was like, can you actually put me back in row 22, please? I kind of like that seat. Thanks. Um So they're <laughs> like, you sure? And I, I've I even had flight attendants when my was on board. They're like, we can move you up to the even more leg room in like row six if you want. I'm like, or five, six is regular. But I was like, I have 22, A, B, and C all to myself. I think I've got plenty of room back here. Thanks, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I actually, I like looking out the window and seeing the wingtip. Um, and on the planes, on those planes, when it's quiet and empty, I don't mind being in the back at all. But anyway, so yeah, that wasn't a official benefit and now it is. Um,
0: so they've upgraded put... from Google docs to what? Right. No,
1: it's still only at the airport. Oh, <laughs> so they can do it at the airport because at the airport there's, I've actually seen the internet. Maybe it's changed since I last saw it, but there's basically a like, you know, a seat assignment, whatever, collect payment button. And then there's a, or no payment, you know, or there's like a no payments option. You click that button and it says why, and it's just a free form response field that it, they can type in whatever they want. And so, you know, assume, presumably they type Mosaic. Um, I had one of their employees upgrade me and just typed his name in the box once. Yeah, I completely lost my train of thought there. Sorry. So it's still going to only be at the gate because they still don't have the systems to support it in the backend in advance. So fine. Mm. Um you definitely run a risk of, like, not getting the good seat you want and whatever, but uh it's still better than paying for it. They actually – the one thing they used to do is let you pay for it using points at a very discounted rate, and it's still a discounted rate, but they're raising the rate a little bit. And mm-hmm. I haven't seen the exact price change that's going up. Um, but. Um And then finally, there's this Mosaic Companion Pass, and it's built sort of on the idea of the Southwest Companion Pass, but it's better and worse in a few ways. Uh Worse, for example, in that it's only valid through May 20th. Uh, so, you know, through the period of time that people probably still really shouldn't be traveling. That's why I won't, that's why I expect to not to use it. I, I may have to take a couple work trips between now and then, but I don't expect my wife is going to want to take a leisure trip and I don't blame her. Um, I mean, I guess, but the other cat catches or not catch but good side is you don't actually have to name your companion in advance it can be anyone so if you know i have to take a work trip and if if there was someone else around that also needed was you know wanted to be on the same flight me, i guess we could get that one for free um the bookings can only be done over the phone which again no computer systems to support all this stuff they're just trusting that the agents will have you know spare time to take the calls um and that means you lose out on your online booking bonus For the points. I'm sure someone will eventually complain and try to get the extra points as a result, but who the hell knows. Um, And then the – rather than it being, you know, one fully paid and one free, they're actually going to effectively discount the base fare by 50% on both tickets. Hmm. So as the Mosaic, you only earn half credit for any of these flights.
0: That's kind of crappy. So.
1: Listen, gift horse, mouth, whatever, yeah, like yeah. they're giving you free tickets or half half price tickets. that's I don't want to sound ungrateful about it, but it's certainly not particularly it's there's a lot of caveats and a lot of eh, that I can't see it being a super useful benefit um because they're cutting it off.
0: But I'm trying to understand. Okay, so they're they're offering fifty percent fare. So let's just think about this. Like you said you can only do it over the phone. Does that mean that you can only book your flight? your your own flight over the phone as well?
1: No, you have to book both passengers at the same time. See, okay. It's got to be on the same PNR, which means single form of payment. Yeah. So doing it for business isn't probably not a good idea.
0: Yeah, okay. It, it just seems I mean it's weird. I I I mean I get it their IT systems are I guess from the 1980s. Um, you know, we thought shares and Saber, you I mean, do
1: this, no problem. Well, yeah. well sa- Share sa- can't do it natively, no problem, but Share can be built against, and they built all this stuff, right? I mean, Shep was on Saber, right? They are on Saber now, but I don't think they. I mean, there's Saber. They're on the base plat, right? They're, you get the base package, and then anything else you want, you pay for it's like pinstriping
0: I'd, I'd, I'd love to know I'd love to know how they're going to handle transatlantic flights and saver well you can't book that online the only way we could do it is we have to put in the in the great circle mapper and and put you into our spreadsheet that we keep
1: listen this sh- is not us airways calculating reward <laughs> hey. band, okay?
0: jet, jet, jet
2: blues out there on ebay searching for those credit card machines that you put the card and run the slider over with the carbon
1: paper <laughs> nah, the, the transatlantic stuff will run fine
0: but like- it'll, yeah, it'll run fine you just won't be able to book it
1: <laughs> I, I i listen the base ticket sales stuff works fine it's all the other ancillary stuff that where they have the problems and they right they built fair families they did invest in that but they never really invested heavily in the interaction in the integration for their uh for their loyalty program and it shows mm. and there's been talk about fixing some of that stuff and not, none of it seems to be happening and I can't say I blame them right now. I'd, I, you know, I'm, at this point, I'm happy that they're putting the money towards things like dropping requalification tier for next year. Because while well, mine extended, I can't imagine I'm going to hit it next year. I'm not even sure I'm going to hit it with the lower tier, with the lower you know requirements. So
0: we'll wow. see. But yeah, um, I, w- I want to talk about United's in-flight COVID death. Um,
1: excuse me. The passenger was not pronounced dead until they arrived at the hospital. Yes. Um so it was not an in-flight
0: death. It was uh, in-flight incapacitation. Yeah. But he so the wife the the spouse of the person who passed was making statements that the the person who passed had covid symptoms, correct? And this was a flight from Miami to LAX,
1: uh, or, Tampa Orlando. or Orla- Orlando.
0: Orlando. Orlando to LAX. I think. And it stopped in New Orleans. Um I mean, to me, like part of this is like the issue like part of the issue is um you, you know, you're asked when you check in whether or not you've had symptoms of COVID. Yeah. Uh, and it's clear to me we can't trust people, to be honest. Um, nope. Uh, but there's no other – I mean, the only other option is rapid testing, right? Yeah. At, at the gate or uh, well, check. Or stop flying. Or stop flying. Um, I mean, it's sad, but at the same time, like, this person should not have been on an airplane. Correct. So it's – I don't know. And, and I guess the reason I wanted to talk about this was because I did go flying – Like last Wednesday, Um, I had posted about it. I don't even remember when, uh, but I had posted about United uh, and I talked about on the show about United saying, you know, I need to fly one flight to get my remaining uh, plus points for 2021. So they they wouldn't give I'm one flight away. I have all the dollars spent or whatever I need to spend, uh, but I'm one flight away and they wouldn't give it to me. So I booked the cheapest round trip I could find, which was Portland to San Francisco. Uh and I decided, uh, because Alaska was cheaper than United on the way back and the flight was more empty, I would book Alaska on the way back. Um and so I flew that last Wednesday. It was like a three forty five departure out of Portland uh PM and then back uh, I got I left uh San Francisco at like eight fifteen. So I had like three hours there, two and a half hours. Um Overall, I I don't recommend flying to anyone right now. Like, unless you have somewhere to be, it's like, I just, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I won't do it again. I'll put it that way. And I, and I question why I did it right now, even, um, airports were empty. Um, you know, it was boarding was, I mean, it was fairly mundane. United still has gate lice. I don't know why you're being gate lice on like a half empty flight. Like we're all, we're all going to get
1: on the plane. Um, and on the back, I was doing my best to be the last person to board on my flights. Before. Yeah, I mean,
0: that's kind of what I did. I mean, the person next to me uh, was, I would say, the last person to board. And I was, like, second to last or third to last. Uh, and the plane was half full going down, I guess. Maybe a little bit more than half full. Um, and that's kind of why I picked a Wednesday flight. I should have picked Thursday because it was even less full. Um, yeah, you know, pe- yeah, people were Yeah, people were pretty good about keeping their masks on on the plane. Um you know the lady next to me was eating a salad for you know forty five minutes and then she put a mask back on um
1: right, but that's forty five minutes that she wasn't
0: exactly and and
1: i at three she, in the afternoon
0: yeah, but i should which, i should i should say this I should say she was being good about it. she would take a few bites and then she would put, she would kind of cover her face with the mask and kind of like chew and settle down and then do it again, like she wasn't like just leaving the mask off, so yeah, good on her um. I on the flight down I didn't remove my mask at all didn't have a drink didn't do anything uh they gave like a snack basket I didn't take anything um and then been upgraded
1: yeah <laughs> yeah of course, uh, of course. Um, you know, I I'm shouldn't. Pre- I shouldn't laugh too much. I got upgraded as a gold on a flight.
0: I'm pretty sure there were silvers in first class. Um,
1: so <laughs> oh, we had empty seats. So. Uh,
0: and then on the way back, or well, so in San Francisco, I decided I would go outside. Um, I didn't realize. Faz, you told me this after the fact that the the terminal connection between two and three is closed. I didn't know that. I thought. I guess they're, they're building in behind security connection between the two terminals. And that because of that, they've closed uh, the indoor uh, connector between the two sides. So I just went outside, uh, took off my mask for a few minutes, drank some water. Um, and then went into the Alaska terminal, which was dead. There, there was, I mean, I maybe saw five people the entire time I was waiting for my flight. So I actually got a packaged salad, um, mm-hmm. And ate it in the terminal because I felt relatively safe. Um, And I like that they let you drink beer there, which is nice. So I (laughs) scarfed that down, had a beer, worked, and then got on my flight back. And it was just as uneventful as uh, the flight going down. Um, Which terminal is Alaska
1: in? It's T2.
0: Is that the same as Delta? Yeah, but it's on the other side of the Delta. It's not where the Delta gates are. No, Delta's in one.
2: Delta's in one, but there's a connector between one and two. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This is the old Virgin. This is where American is.
1: But it's not the Harvey Milk. No. No, I'm just, um, I'm just I was saying I had I had a beer, or did I have one? I think I had a beer on my lunch in San Francisco as well, which is why I'm remembering it.
0: Yeah, and I was having I was having like dinner because it was like six thirty, seven o'clock. So I was like, I'll always eat dinner before I get on the plane. That we don't have to eat. Um, and then you know, it, I think though the common thing I saw was people were pretty good about like wiping down their like armrests and stuff like, or they were diligent about doing that. Um, I was still amazed at how few people wash their hands in the damn restroom. Um, like I went to the bathroom in San Francisco and I came out and like, as I walked out, there were people just walking out from the stalls, which is disgusting. Um, but anyway, I, I don't know. I just, it was not, it wasn't fun. It wasn't, I didn't feel adventurous. It felt like a chore. <laughs> um, and it, was kind of like a uh, nerve wracking a little bit. I don't know how you felt Seth, but that's kind of how I felt.
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's similar to my experiences. I am not looking forward to doing it again. I've begged off a couple of work trips that were probably going to have to happen. Um, Eventually, um, I know I'm going to have something in the new year. Just because we're we're moving from shutting down, you know, from talking about shutting things down to actually shutting them down, and you need to be on site to unplug servers. So,
0: I mean, I will say, like, I I know for like, if you're doing transcon, Seth, like, I, even on the hour and 45 minute flight that this was, or even less, I think it was like an hour and a half. Um, I haven't. I had a KN95 that goes around the ears. Mm-hmm. Definitely would recommend a mask that goes around the head. Just from a comfort standpoint, like yeah. not t- not taking the mask off was really. I mean, it really hurt my ears for the you know like forty five minutes after the flight. So that's the only thing I would add is get one that goes over the head.
1: Yeah, I have ones that go both ways, so I I tend to alternate them if I'm out of customer sites and having to wear so many so often. A to keep them clean and be able to you know wash them out at the hotel room and whatnot, but also to keep my ears and head from getting too sore
0: yeah uh i did use clear at sfo which that was nice and painless like it's even i think to me even better than like pre-check a little bit because you get pre check but you don't have to like really talk to anyone or be close to anyone like the guy just came over before i even did anything he like hit the button and like invited me over and then it just scanned my eyes and it like took a it took the barcode out of my boarding pass and that was it and i was done um, which was, you know, and then you're through security. I didn't need it; like it didn't like skip anything, but it was much less people interaction than, you know, to even pre-check. I I think that's the weirdest part of the whole thing to me is how little people interact on on trips now. Like like people talking to each other, like you just like no one's talking in airports really anymore. Yeah, well, um,
1: except the like random groups of leisure travelers that are still traveling together.
0: True. Yeah. And I didn't and see not wearing
1: back. their masks and like hanging out like it's the good old days because they don't give a shit.
0: Yeah, and see, PDX only allows ticketed passengers in the terminal, so it's like even in the ticketing hall, like where you get your check your bags and stuff, it's empty. Um, it's yeah, I I don't know. I I, I didn't see groups of people traveling together. I saw like two guys that were chatting. That was about it. Like other than that, it was I mean, it was silent. Like even the pre-check, the the TSA agent didn't really talk to me. She was just like, I need to see your boarding pass and um, ID. And so I showed it to her through the, through the little plexiglass and she had me take off my mask and she, you know, did her little ID with the bl- blue black light or whatever. Um, and then there's like 12 TSA people standing around for the one guy, me coming through security. Yep. It, it was It's weird. I and mean, it's just weird. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I, I didn't really enjoy it. I don't, and I don't, I don't think I'll be doing anything until uh, I'm vaccinated.
1: Honestly. Yeah, and even then, keep wearing your mask. Exactly. At least so. for the time being, until we get a better control.
0: Yeah. So, Foz, I don't know how you do it. I mean, you've done San Diego a few times, right? I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you put up with it. I just, it's
2: necessity. I'm not doing it out of leisure. Hmm. Uh that's part of the reason why I've been going in and out of LA more, because often I can get a Polaris plane, so there's no one next to me. Hmm. But yeah, that's not fun. At and all. you
1: have your own place to stay in San Diego, right? Yeah. So that that's, I gotta be honest, like the flying was annoying for me, but uh, mostly because my flights were generally empty, I sort of settled in. Um, I never had someone directly next to me, I don't think. And I think only once had someone even in my row. Um, but I don't know, man, finding, getting into a hotel room, dealing with that, trying to find dinner on the road, dealing with the rental car companies and everything is, everything is slow or nothing works quite the same. And it's, mm-hmm. th- that was even harder for me. Like. And a different city every night, which, like, at one point in my life was a cool, fun thing to do. But right now, with this, plus, you know, with everything else going on, it was like a different city every night and not getting to see any of my friends in any of those cities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you two to
2: keep talking about empty flights. Every flight I've been on has been packed pretty much.
0: But you're going to Newark, L.A.,
1: right?
2: Yeah. Even Newark, San Diego. Back in September, they were a little more empty. But the last few trips I've done, they're all pretty packed.
1: What day a week do you fly?
2: All over the place. I've done midweek. I've done weekends.
1: Yeah, I did. I've done a lot of a lot of my seven six or my seven segments. I think four have been on a Tuesday or Wednesday, so that helps.
2: Yeah, my last flight back from L.A. was on like a Wednesday or something, and it was business was completely packed, but there were open seats in the back.
1: So you should have taken your time, man. Well, in United, it wouldn't be 22, but, you know, third row from the back, get all three seats to yourself, nice space, stink with, shield. The problem with that is
2: I want to get off the plane as quick as freaking possible when I land.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I – I, 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 And what, into the terminal where people are less likely to be wearing masks and causing trouble? Well, for me, it was coming home, so it's just yeah, how quickly no, can I, I get out of the, the airport? No, I know, I know. but And I get it, but I, I think I've timed it before, and I think that it usually ends up being about three minutes difference, so –
0: all right. I mean, do you guys think, like, as as we kind of get into more of these spikes and until the vaccine is really readily available to the general population, do you think, like, people are – I guess, will, will people start traveling more because they think, oh, the vaccine's out, everything's
1: okay, and they'll start booking?
0: Do you think that's, like, an actual possibility? Hmm.
1: I mean, we just had three consecutive one million passenger days at TSA coming into Christmas. So, yes. Mm. Yeah. And that's and that's without anybody vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. And with people begging travelers to stay home. So, um, yeah. I mean, uh, no, I'm not going to go there. What? Not going to go there. What? There's an interesting blog post about. I've decided, you know, someone. I finally decided to stop traveling. That has me very frustrated. But
0: well, I mean, I've seen I've seen a lot of people just traveling, and to me, like, not only is the question like, one, why are you doing this right now? But at the same time, like how can how are you having fun doing this like it doesn't seem fun to me to like go basically wear a mask everywhere you're going and you can't really you're not really traveling you're just flying somewhere uh in a nice nicer seat i don't i don't know i am I, I see it and i'm a little yeah
1: I, if you're going and you know doing the michael traeger of going you know the good half of what he did which is going and hiking in the grand canyon right i can sort of get some of that as being or you know skiing if there's limited access on you know the lifts are spaced and blah 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 and i don't know right i can see some sort of remote uh type destination stuff that could be interesting and vaguely relaxing I, here's another good one for you had a customer or yeah a customer on a conference call today say you know talk about christmas you know i'm not gonna have i don't think i'm gonna have wife i'm going away for the week uh, i don't think i'm gonna have wi-fi with the resort we're at blah 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 oh where are you going chit chatting this and so is like this is that yeah yeah well yeah me and my both my girlfriend already both had covid so we've got the antibodies so we're not worried about travel anymore so it is and I, on the one hand i want to be annoyed at many levels on the other hand like he's sort of right we think right we think that the antibodies will keep you from getting reinfected um i'm not sure what they mean about you being a carrier but like there's a whole lot of people out there that were, in fact, infected and have gotten better. And is it safe for them to travel? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good question. But when he, when he said it, just so a matter of fact, I was like, oh, yeah. And this also reminds me that we really don't have anyone in our project uh, risk mitigation. Talk, calling that out as a challenge of like, and what happens if anybody gets sick and can't travel or like can't run meetings for two weeks? Uh, Details.
0: Well, I think that's a show, gentlemen. Um to our listeners, you can find us on Twitter at Dots Lines, more more lines dot com. Leave us a comment, let us know what you think about travel, uh or not traveling. Uh and uh yeah, until next time. Uh see you later. Take care. And Merry Christmas.